Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. Begin today, actually, we look at the Word of God and we're going to be getting into the section on the Sermon on the Mount that really applies exactly, exactly to events going on in our country today. But my heart begins with sadness after yesterday's tragic shooting at a Christian school in Nashville. Oh my goodness, for all these different shootings, this one seemed to be more personal and hit home more to, hit home to me more than others. Perhaps because our children have gone to a Christian school and I maybe it, it touched home better, more so or felt closer to home. But what an evil, evil, evil thing that was done. And it was done by someone, let's make no mistake, where this manifesto that was written by this woman who did this act is probably going to be made known, we hope, today. But let's make no mistake, this was very likely, a, it was a hate crime directed, targeted towards Christian children, very likely in response to a piece of legislation passed just uh, earlier this month, signing into law that prevents in Tennessee uh, surgeries or puberty blockers from ch- for children who would want to transition. Surgeries that would mutilate their bodies, puberty blockers that would change them, transition boys into girls, girls into boys. And of course, as you probably know, the person who did this was transitioning, had transitioned or in the process. We don't know exactly yet. We're not told yet. But my friends, this is an evil, evil, evil act of hatred directed towards Christian children, towards a school that she had attended, evidently, years ago. And my goodness, my heart goes out to every family, including her family, her parents who raised her and and evidently were Christian people and had a wayward son or had a wayward daughter. And of course, we all know people who have good parents wonderful parents, loving parents who have a wayward son or daughter, and the heartbreak and the pain they go through as the one they love and sacrifice for gets on the wrong path and opens their soul, opens their soul to hatred and bitterness and resentment, and then even uh, perhaps most likely demonic influence. Oh my goodness, my heart goes out to her family. My heart goes out to the families of the victims. I'm going to be doing, I believe I'll be doing later this week, once some of the news comes out, a a little live stream or presentation on some of the victims and the families and the school. We know the pastor's daughter was was one of the victims there, nine-year-old daughter. Oh my goodness, our heart goes out to them and uh, to the whole city of uh, Nashville and the whole state, and indeed, uh, they're in our prayers. We'll pray for them here at the end. Let's get into the day's message, though. It relates. It relates. We are in the Sermon on the Mount, and we are talking this yesterday and today about do not judge and, and judging. And uh, and look at what we see. We Yesterday, we talked about when what this judgment, this passage here is directed towards hypocrites, not judging. People have a log in their own eye, so they ought to take it out of their own, the log out of their own eye before they try and take the speck out of their brother's eye. 
Let's read the passage from beginning with Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 5. Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye and do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, first, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I want to talk today particularly about this section that says, by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. How, what is your standard of measure? How do you determine what's right and what's wrong? Jesus, you know, we know about this verse where Jesus says, don't judge. And we taught, so yesterday he's talking to hypocrites. He's talking to people who have a log in their eye and just want to condemn others rather than deal with their own problem. This is part of human nature, is it not? Don't we, wouldn't we all like to do that? Instead of deal with our own issues and our own problems and the log in our own eye, we'd rather just find fault with somebody else, put them down to make us feel superior. And indeed, there's something in human nature about the pecking order that we want to exalt ourselves, lift up ourselves. And one way do, the way we ought to do that is by coming to Jesus and, and becoming a new creature and becoming a better person rather than by uh, the only way we can put ourselves up is by putting others down. And so that's what was happening here, evidently, in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus was talking at another time. He says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. How do you do righteous judgment? On what basis do you do righteous judgment? Now, we live in a time like this is not unusual. The time, I mean, we live in a time that is escalating into evil. What we saw yesterday was evil. And let's be honest, though, part of the, you know, we, we see it, and it's on the news, and, and, and it's escalating in our, in our nation. Things that were once thought unthinkable are becoming more common. I pray to God, and we'll pray here in a moment, that this act doesn't have copycats. But I will tell you this, there is a lot of, there's a lot of hatred in this community, there's a lot of hatred towards Christians. There's a lot of political talk about the people who stand in the way of, of the only people who stand in the way of LGBTQ acceptance and, and their agenda is the Christians, the church. Certainly the government doesn't stand in the way. Hollywood doesn't stand in the way. The business community doesn't stand in the way. And so there's a, the one, the the last one standing of what state taking a stand what's right and wrong and that this behavior is wrong tends to be the church and let's be honest not even every church will do that anymore what is the, what are we living in this day look at this in judges chapter 17 verse 6 it says in those days there was no king in israel every man did what was right in his own eyes well, this is kind of a statement about us here in the United States, that because, that, that in our nation, 
And I make no apology for saying that we as a nation once sought to fear God, to honor God, to respect God. We, we, this is in the foundation of our country. This was in the, the founding aspiration, the, the aspirations of our founding fathers, the aspirations of those who came here to America, wanted to honor God, and they did as best they could. Were they perfect? We got to put out that disclaimer, don't we? Of course they weren't. None of us are. You aren't. I'm not. They weren't. Nobody is. But they were aspiring to be people who honored God, loved God, lived according to God's way and God's commands. And as a, and in our nation in the last few generations, beginning probably in the early 60s, we have really uh, in a culture, had a cultural revolution in America in which people have risen up against God, have rebelled against God, have declared, man is king. I'm my king. I am. Indeed, this is what the whole thing is often about. Is it not my identity? In the book of Exodus chapter 3, Moses was asked God, who, who shall I say you are? What's your name? And God gives a strange answer. I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. What this, what's this saying? God is the king. God is the authority. God establishes himself. I, I am. You don't define me in light of anyone else. I am that I am. I'm what defines everything. And yet we live in a time now where humans, people, we're all saying, no, I am. I don't need God. I am. I'm this. I'm that. This is my identity. And this is the world we live in now, where our identity is not found in God. Our identity is not found in even in our family. Our identity is found in myself and how I want to identify. And so every man does what's right in his own eyes. I'm sure that this shooter yesterday thought that she was doing the right thing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine shooting and killing children and thinking you're doing the right thing? Some of these shootings I imagine were just uh, revenge, and maybe hers was as well. But when we, when we embrace this radical individualism, this radical sense of I am, I don't need God, I am, this rejection of God and this exaltation of self, there's no end to what evil can come. As Christians, what do we do? We esteem God's precepts right concerning everything. Our standard is God's word. Everybody makes judgments. Everybody judges. This is what we see here. People say, don't judge, don't judge. Well, everybody judges. The people who tell me not to judge homosexuality as being wrong have no problem saying racism, misogyny, sexism. These things are wrong. And I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not disagreeing with them. But what I'm saying is everyone makes judgments. On what basis do you make judgments? We make our judgments based on the Word of God, what God says, because God is the great I am. In our day and age, because of the advancement of secular humanism, people today are declaring that they decide what's right and wrong. And basically, so many have been indoctrinated in our public schools to exalt their own reasoning, their own thinking, their own feelings. 
that basically they do what's right in their own eyes because there is no king. They are king. And when man is king, we all come up with our own ideas. We all justify what we want to do, how we want to think, what we want to believe, how we want to live. And it's often extremely destructive. When we abandon God, there's no end to what we'll do. My friends, I hope days like this will be a wake-up call. Days like yesterday will be a wake-up call. Our nation needs God. This, this young lady needed God. And undoubtedly, she had a Christian education, was raised in a Christian home, and rejected it. And when we reject the light, oh, how great is the darkness. When we reject the light, how great is the darkness. You study the history of the great evil people of our world, of the 20th century. Most of them had strong exposure to Christian faith, and they rejected it. They turned away from it. They denied the faith. They denied God. They became atheists, or they became radical uh, uh, tyrants. When we reject the truth of God, the darkness can be really, really dark. What am I saying, folks? Our standard needs to be the Word of God. We need to get back to it. We need to trust God. We need to pray for revival. We need to courageously stand forth with the Word of God. We need to declare it. We need to defend it. We need to know it. We need to live it. We need to believe it. We need to pray it. We need to pray against the enemy and his ons- the onslaught in our culture of, of deception, of lies, of rejecting God's Word. This is a spiritual battle that we're facing in our America. This is a battle. It's not political. It's chosen politics, but it is a battle of good versus evil. And then, and it would be easy for us, oh my goodness, it would be easy for us to retreat, to be scared, to, uh, to, to accept a defeatist attitude. Instead, might God give us the spirit to rise up and overcome evil with good, as we read in, Revel- in Romans 12, 19. I believe 1219, 1221, the last verse in Romans 12, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Father in heaven, we cry out to you today. We lift up our voice to you today from the depths of our heart. And we cry out, Lord, for you to arise, O God, for you to arise and overcome the evil in our land. We pray, Lord, I think of how you promised, Jesus, that the gates of hell would not prevail against your church how we pray your church would rise up, speak the truth, would battle with the Lord's battles, would battle with the Lord's weapons. Teach us, O God, how to wield the weapon of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the truth of God. Teach us, Lord, how to wield the weapon of prayer and to bind the enemy and to, and to Lord, this, the, the rise of demonic oppression and influence in our in our world. Teach us, Lord, how in prayer and with the spiritual weapons you provide to defeat the enemy and to tear down the strongholds of the spiritual strongholds and to lift up the name of our God. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name for revival in our land. I pray for revival in the church. I pray the church, Lord, would speak to these things, would speak to these issues, would speak to what really matters, and pre- equip the saints, equip the church to do spiritual battle against evil in our day. We pray for the gospel to go forth and that people would receive it and believe. We pray, O oh God, for laws that would, that would stand, that would respect you 
And we pray for the fear of God to return into our land. Oh God, today we pray with all of our heart and cry out for the families that have been touched most directly by yesterday's evil. Bring them comfort. Bring them encouragement. Lord, I know they'll, they'll, there's no way that their pain, there's no way their loss can ever be replaced. I pray, Lord, you'd comfort them in their pain and, and, show, and be present and near and close to them. We pray for them, O oh God. We pray for healing in that community, for all the families involved, every member of that church. Lord, we ask, we ask that the spirit of hatred and the spirit of uh, the political hatred in our land that wants to turn to violence and use violence to affect political agendas. Oh God, we pray that this would be stopped and, and prevented in our land. And we know, Lord, we're just reaping consequences of turning away from you. And as best we can in our lives, in our families, in our churches, as best we can, might we turn back to you with all of our heart, wherever we can. We pray for this and we bless you. And we pray these things. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Well, I'm going to have more to say about this in the coming days. I think we're going to really address this issue. I don't know exactly when. I'll be preparing some. It might not be till Saturday. It might be tomorrow. Who knows? Stay tuned. I hope you make sure you subscribe to the channel and make sure you hit that notify button because when you do, if I do have an an additional message, maybe in the evening or later in the day, you'll be notified if you hit that little bell button next to the, um, uh, when you subscribe to the channel. Welcome. I hope you're with me. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you come with us every day. We need to be equipped and strong in the gospel. This is not, this is not optional anymore, folks. It is not optional for the people of God to be strong, mighty men and women of God, to be equipped with this truth. If we don't, we'll reap the consequences. Things are changing. There is a battle of good and evil. Yesterday might have been a watershed day. I don't know. We don't know. We might look back on yesterday as a significant day in the spiritual battle here in our country and for our country. So let's be strong. Let's be mindless. Let's be equipped. To those of you who come here every day, I love you. And I'm glad for your commitment to be in the Word of God and to join in prayer together. Might God bless you and strengthen you. Might you have a great day. Might you be strong and mighty in the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Look forward to you joining me. Bye-bye.